Looks like trouble ahead, Jim said, pointing. Nasir leaned forward in the driver's seat and squinted through his red-rimmed glasses. The orange sun was setting in a clear, darkening sky over a flat, sandy plain. Only the occasional greenish tufts of grass and clusters of small rocks broke the desolate landscape to either side of the road. I see nothing, Nasir said. Wait, it's gone. Jim stroked his short stubble. Then he saw it again, a faint yellow light in the distance. There, in the middle of the road, could be bandits or militia. Nasir held the steering wheel with one hand and reached behind him with the other to grab the AK-47 on the back seat. He offered it to Jim, who shook his head. Sorry, I don't touch those things anymore. Nasir shrugged. He was chomping a ball of cat, the stimulant plant that most men chewed all day in Somaliland. Lock the doors, Jim said. Head down and speed up, maybe an ambush. Do not worry about me, my friend. I've been under fire more times than I care to remember. They moved closer to the light as Nasir accelerated. Whatever it was ahead, it would soon be a pile of pulp if it just stayed there. But then it moved, straight towards them. Nasir shouted and slammed on the brakes, yanking the steering wheel to the right and skidding the car to a halt. Jim's head smashed against the dashboard. Pinpoints of light sparkled, more shouting, a door opening. He put his hands to his head and felt wetness. Jim, come, see. It was Nasir speaking. There's a dying man in the road. Here, come and see. Jim scanned the area around them. No sign of anyone and nowhere to hide. So probably not an ambush. He climbed down from the Land Rover. In the light of the headlamps, he noticed a speckling of blood on his light gray shirt, as though someone had flicked red paint onto him. He walked towards the sprawled shape in the middle of the road that Nasir was bending over. What's happened? Jim said. A white man, in a bad state. Jim knelt and placed his ear close to the man's mouth. He's breathing, he said. He took a torch from Nasir's hand and shone it onto the man's body. His nose was smashed, with a shard of white bone sticking out. His eyes were puffed up, one of them shut. His shirt was ripped to shreds, with large patches of blood covering a logo that Jim instantly recognized. The U and A of universal action over a small globe representing the world. His feet had no shoes, no socks, just a bleeding mass of flesh, as though he'd walked barefoot through shards of broken glass. The man groaned, semi-conscious, but unaware of their presence. Not good, Jim said. He put his fingers to the man's wrist. Weak pulse. He stood up. Let's get him to the back of the car. Here, help me carry him. Nasir shuffled backwards. What are you doing? Jim said. We shouldn't bring him back. No way. Why? Bad luck. What are you on about? We don't know who he is. That's precisely why we should help him, Jim said. I'm sorry, Nasir headed back to the car. We just can't leave him here, Jim called after him. 
This guy needs urgent medical attention. Nasir started the engine. Jim sprinted over and planted himself in front of the vehicle. You're not going to leave without me, are you? He shouted. Nasir leaned out of the window. Get in, Jim. This is none of our business. I'm not leaving without that man. Nasir revved the engine. Jim didn't budge. For a few moments they glared at each other like a pair of wild animals. Then Nasir threw his hands in the air and muttered something. He switched off the engine and stepped out of the vehicle. You win, Jim, but I think this is a big mistake. Leaving a man to die? Meddling in other people's business. This is my business.